What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production. We're excited to have you back, guys. I know you took some time to listen to those first two episodes. Maybe you skipped around. Maybe you went back and watched them all over again. Maybe you count for 15 views yourself. Whatever it may be, we're glad that you're joining us today and hopefully have looked at the last episodes. Um, it's been a little bit of a hiatus, a lot of awesome stuff going on in all of our lives. Um, we can open up by touching on that and kind of filling you guys in on what you've missed and then tell you about some awesome news coming up down the road and talk about some very important topics on today's episode. First off, joined alongside Garrett and Cammie Mack. Let's just talk about, you know, the past couple of weeks here, past two weeks. We haven't talked in a while. Um, Cam, kind of what have you been up to, man? Yeah, so definitely a, a roller coaster of the last couple of weeks for me. Um, you know, don't want to start on a negative note, but I actually, uh, my fiance was walking down the street last week and had her phone stolen right out of her hand. Uh, a guy like jumped in the car and drove off with it. And then, you know, my stupid ass like decided to try to uh, track the phone. And then I had card problems and my engine ended up seizing on like the south side of Chicago and I had to get it towed from there. So I know coming in hot with uh with a quick one for you like that. But uh, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty intense. And then her parents are moving. So we're, you know, helping them through that process. So it's been really busy. And I know uh, like you, Tucker, um, you know, coaching starting to ramp up too. So it's, it's not necessarily uh, a ton of quiet time around here. Um, in, in some better news, I got a brand new car. Well, not brand new, it's a 2019, but I got a new big boy car uh, to replace the one that, that went kaput. Um, it's a new Ford fusion, uh, hybrid, which I'm pretty pumped about, especially living in the city. It, uh, it is nice to be able to save a little bit of money on gas. Um, so excited the, the week starting off a little bit better than how we left off last week. Um, but honestly, I'm just excited to be back talking to you guys. There's a ton of good things to, to touch on, um, and to get through. And, um, you know, I'm really pumped with obviously the notoriety our podcast is starting to get. We're going to have some pretty killer guests coming up here soon. Um, so I hope the, the audience is getting excited because uh, I definitely am as well. That's right. Absolutely. Garrett, what's been up, man? I know we, were, we, we joined this Zoom um, with you attempting to mount a TV, realizing that's why professional TV mounts. Yes. Yes. If you guys what's will up? notice, there's a uh, I got a house now. So definitely nice. that's, uh, that's what's brand new. That's why there's a new office, new randomly blank wall. Uh, imagine there's like a TV right, right like right there so i can see it yeah soon. yeah um other than that you know i've been love watching the love watching some lacrosse you know whenever i can watch especially for the vegas team you know loki they haven't won anything yet but i love to watch a new team it's a shiny new thing it's like my new my new toy right now so house and hopefully the devil dogs can actually, can actually do something that's true i'm liking their uniforms i'm liking their i love uniforms. them i've been watching a whole lot more recently uh, one of my my good box teammates and buddies of a long time just moved uh, up here to shiny Dubuque, Iowa um, from Six Nations, Canada. So we've been watching a lot more um, NLL with our roommates who are not box lacrosse guys trying to introduce the game to them. So that's always fun. Um, yeah, man, the NLL has been exciting to watch. The PBLA has been more exciting to watch as of recent. Yes. More than we wanted to give credit originally, I will say. Um, and then the college game is, is starting to heat up as well. I mean, we're we're a week away, really, a week and a half away from college games getting started. Um, we just wrapped up our early preseason here. 
Um, and it's been great. I haven't seen snow an entire preseason. So that's absolutely phenomenal. A lot of lacrosse being played right now. And we're about to come into that time of year where there's, you know, traditionally two different areas to watch lacrosse on TV. Now there's going to be three because of the PBLA being an option. So we're going to have, I mean, if we're caught, we're, we're doing women's lacrosse too. We got women's college starting up, men's college starting up, the NLL is in full swing, the PBLA is in full swing. Um, we're not too far off from some international lacrosse. We're coming into a hot section of lacrosse here, boys. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's exciting it's wonderful. as a viewer right now. It's exciting as a viewer. Um, Hey, Tucker, as a, as a coach, are you a late night practice guy or an early practice guy? You know, I'd love to say I'm a 6 a.m. practice guy, um, but I'm not, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> um, it's nice. We, we, we get out there about, uh, about 4 to 5.30, 5.45 every day. Um, oh, right man. now we're shifting into running a lot more sixes, running a lot more even stuff, working on the substitution game. Get the afternoon, get a lift after that, go home, eat something, go to the gym, go to sleep, repeat. It's um, it's that time of year where it's like we're I mean, we're only we're only two weeks away from a game here. So man, it's, it's it's grind time. That's what it is. It's grind time. It's that, I miss it. Not, I'm not going to lie. Same time. I don't miss it. A lot more fun playing now. Without, not I'm not now. not ever going to miss practicing and waking up at 6 a.m., you know, to to be out in 10 degree weather in my hands or sweating in the latex gloves just trying to keep me warm you know uh wearing that sweatsuit that i've worn the last three practices <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm sure you got some of those guys who are coming in smelling a little right so, <laughs> uh, but uh you know it, that's exciting it, it's definitely a, a, a fun time and i hope you guys are, are pumped for your season coming up tuck yeah, man, real excited, real exciting. That's How about you guys? What are we? What are we excited about in, in the lacrosse world? What What do we want to talk about today? Sure. Well, first, I want to say that's why I play club ball, so I'm gonna wake up at six a.m. Um, that was <laughs> fantastic. But uh, we can talk about it since we already have. You, you kind of started out. You have such a a diverse way of watching the sport now you ever had before. It's almost kind of like a good segue to talk about like actually diversity in the sport. Um, and might as well just, yeah, I'll just kind of jump right in it. Um, lacrosse being a traditionally a Native American um, sport. And then over the years, it's kind of transitioned and gotten the image of a predominantly white, rich, affluent sport. Um, that I can definitely see since I have started high school. Um, playing my sophomore year till now, a um, a, a wider change and uh, growth in diversity of the sport um, from the image that the hmm, how do I say it the image that people try to portray about the sport, um, trying to knock out some of those old lax bro style type of uh, stereotypes and everything, and just overall being more inclusive and wanting to. Wanted to grow the sport, but also wanted to grow the people in the sport. I can definitely say I've, I've seen a lot of growth around it, and that's one thing I'm happy to I'm happy to say that there has been growth. Um, has it always been like that? No, but it's good to see that we're we're definitely. I would say we're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah it's definitely interesting, um, especially you know I I'd like to to hear your overall um, perspective. I mean being someone who is more so um, the minority in the sport, right? Like you said, obviously coming from 
um, your own background and then being in uh, lacrosse that's seen as, you know, a white rich kid sport, um, you know, daddy's money kind of thing, right? Yeah. Obviously, those are extreme stereotypes. And that's not what we agree with and what we think here on the <laughs> podcast. But, um, you know, it's not like those are just made up for no reason. Um, you know, there are some truth to it. So I'd honestly be be curious in your own perspectives. Um, have you had a mostly positive experience in the lacrosse community? Has it kind of been up and down? Um, I mean, I'm sure you've definitely had some negative um, uh, situations or, or positions you've been in as well. I'm just curious, you know, kind of what your story is and, and how you feel lacrosse is progressing to this point. Yeah, definitely. I would say personally, I have, um, personally, there's been a, a good, uh, how what am I trying to work? It's been a positive experience. Um, there's never been any type of, um, 100% like I say just hatred or type bigotry that I've experienced not saying that it hasn't been experienced by other people but we'll touch on that later but from my personal point of view from starting in high school um sophomore year you know very diverse team and then you kind of step it up to junior year the more they kind of the varsity kids and the advanced kids and the only black kid on the team um fine I never felt out of place. This is from um, just from growing up in a public school and everything for a little bit. I don't feel as out of place. And, you know, it when I'm the minority um, and in college went the same thing of being the only um, black or African-American player on the team for practically the entire time I was there. Um, same thing. You kind of do have questions of, you know, teammates wanting to be um, inquisitive about different things happening. And it was kind of a unique time to be during that. It was during when um, a lot of the um, African-Americans were being shot by the police and it was being televised and everything kind of recording that. So a lot of interesting conversations definitely came around that time, but it wasn't a thing of, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it was, it was, some of it was out of ignorance, but it wasn't out of being ignorant to learn. It was just you know, never been around a person like like me, you know, for your for most of your life, and now you are, and now you're close to this person. But their the willingness to learn from what I've seen was always uh was always a comforting fact, and being able to you know communicate with them and to just to teach and share ideas and share experiences is always a good time. Um, especially now the team that I'm playing on is still a minority, but even still love everybody about it. There's no um. I have no qualms with anybody. There's no um, harsh interactions that we have with the team. We understand, one, we're a team, and two, we're all people, that everyone has a different point of view. That's fine. Let's get to a common goal, but also not treat each other differently. Um, so that's that's my personal personal experience around it, and definitely love that. That's a thing. Um, I, I do imagine being, you know, the only – one of or the only person of color on a team just in any sport really or mm -hmm. and you know whether that's a work team organization right it's just got to be tough um it's because i i mean i can only imagine it to there comes a point where you kind of just feel like a reference right like you have people asking you you know what does this mean like how does this make you feel and and i i would only assume from my own experiences and my own perspectives that, you know, there comes a point where you're like, I just want to be me. I just want to be Garrett. Right. I don't want to yeah. be put into a box like that. So, I mean, I have to commend you, um, uh, you know, being somebody who comes into the sport, seeing that it's, 
you know, majority uh, white, rich, affluent sport and wanting to uh, set an example um, for other people like yourself who can uh, look up to you and, and be like, well, if he's doing it, I can do it too. And hopefully we can get to a point where we see a ton more diversity um, across the board in the community. Um, Definitely. And maybe Tucker, you can kind of talk about um, your experience in recruiting and being a college coach. Um, you know, what have you seen in terms of diversity and inclusion and, um, you know, what kind of perspective do you have on the on yeah. topic? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great topic to talk about. Um, I, I mean, I think I think my approach to recruiting and its relation to diversity and what I see is is probably a lot different from many coaches. Um, I mean, my my journey in lacrosse is not by any means traditional. Um Never went to a prep school, never, you know, wore flow society shorts, never fit into that box. Um, I just didn't, to be honest with you. I, I, I found the sport of lacrosse in a farming community surrounded by tractors and farmers and very blue collar workers, non, non lacrosse area type people. So I started out in a very odd way and then um, was, was blessed enough to move to Italy to play for a year and be in the opposite shoes and be the only guy on the team like myself. Um, and that was a hugely eye-opening experience for me. Um, you know, I would suggest anybody put themselves in that to understand, you know, what it, what it could feel like. And it's just, for me, it was like, you're the only American, you're the only real white guy here, you know, and that's where I see like, okay, I was being asked a lot of things. And that's when I was at, I was 17 years old, I started to connect. Okay. This is how things connect in that way. And then it was like, okay, here's how we can be more inclusive. Here's how we can do these things. And I started to see diversity in a different way after that. Um, and then had another experience to be on a team surrounded by international players um, who didn't look like me at all. And I loved every second of that experience and took opportunity to learn from there. And that's, I think that's what's kind of led into how I perceive the college game and how I perceive college recruiting is from my own experiences. Um, I, I, I believe lacrosse should represent the world. It should be a map everybody should have the opportunity to play. We shouldn't have limitations, but unfortunately in the recruiting side in college, especially we see extreme limitations. I mean, extreme, extreme, extreme. Um, I find that I hate to say it and I'm going to, I'm going to ruffle some feathers here guys. And that's what we do in this podcast. Um, there is a lot of racism and racial inequality in travel across and travel across recruiting an extreme amount. Um, it does exist in high school lacrosse, but I'll be honest with you, from what I've seen, it's a lot less in high school lacrosse. Um, you have more public schools playing, you have officials coming from all over the place. There's no one mindset instilled. Unfortunately, in the travel game and in the recruiting scene, I see it a lot more. Um, and it's really tough to see. And when you see, you got to combat it. I'll tell you that right now. That's the first thing is if any college coach ever sees it, you have to call it out. It's it's our duty to call that type of stuff out. Um, unfortunately, I, I wish that it was easier for uh, minority players to be scouted and go to college on scholarships. But unfortunately for most college coaches, they're only gonna recruit those players they see in front of them. And to even get the opportunity to play in many of those showcases, I mean, you have to fork over a small fortune. So there's extreme barriers and limitations in front of players having the ability to even be seen, to get the opportunity for a college scholarship. And I'll say it every day, I recruit guys who want to come somewhere and they see a scholarship as a life-changing opportunity. I don't want kids that come here that see it. Oh, oh, shrug it off, shrug it off, shrug it off. It's no big deal. I want the kids that come here and know that they can change their life because of a scholarship. And unfortunately 
in the travel world, you only see certain players. And for the most part in the travel world, you only see certain players that look a whole lot like each other. And that's, that's the, the truth and honesty in what I see in a lot of travel and, and college lacrosse recruiting right now. I mean, it's interesting just looking at the stats and at the data itself right here. Um, I think the biggest disparity, to be completely honest with you, is on the women's side. And I don't think we talk about that enough. You know, we don't talk about the women's game a whole lot, but we don't talk about the inclusion on the women's side. I don't think nearly as much. I mean, look at, you know, 2021, the Washington Post did a survey um, 421 African-American women's players to 10,807 white players. That is an insane difference in number right there. Um, then you look at, you know, 2020 um, inside lacrosse decided to say that lacrosse was 40% more diverse than 2012. But my question is, have we made strides forwards or backwards since 2020 when that survey came out? Yeah. And, and how, how diverse is 40 more percent, right? I mean, if you're at 0%, is that really, you know what I'm saying? Like if it's a small percentage, but you're up 40%, then is that really, does that make us diverse? Yeah. You could, that's a cool number, 40%. It's almost half. Right. But like, is that necessarily still meaning that we're um, giving other people opportunities that might not have had them before, including others that aren't a stereotypical across player. And then even talking about, um, you know, gender in general, right, with um, the women's games not being as publicized as much, not getting as much support. I mean, just across women's sports in general, right, um, you know, it, growing the game, especially on this podcast, isn't just um, supporting the, the you know, men's NLL or, uh, you know, men's college. It's supporting anybody that wants to be an advocate um, for lacrosse and the impacts that it has on your life, you know, throughout your adolescence into your adulthood and uh, the relationships that you make and things like that. Right. So um, yeah, it's just tough. I don't think that I would say that I'm super proud of everything that the lacrosse community is doing. I think that we can do more, um, but there are definitely some, some good opportunities out there. And, and like Garrett was saying earlier, I think that things are starting to move in the right direction. Um, I, I think it was either today or yesterday that the NOL came out with their uh, every child matters initiative um, working with, um, you know, indigenous peoples and, um, you know, making sure that we don't forget the the heritage and the true origin story of where lacrosse is coming from and that we need to continue to give back to those communities as well. Um, you know, in terms of my own perspective, I would say that I definitely grew up in that traditional, um, you know, lacrosse kind of I came from a school that wasn't very diverse in itself. So there, that already didn't help. And then obviously playing a sport that's not very diverse. So I didn't see a ton of that. Um, so I definitely had, uh, like you said earlier, Tucker, that like very traditional experience. Um, I wore the pink and, and green watermelon shorts. I'll, I'll admit to that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wouldn't say I had a bad experience, um, but I'm not sure that somebody who was different than me would would have the same experience in that setting. Um, and I have to be thankful that in the setting that I coach now um, in a high school in, in Chicago and Chicago public school system, um, you know, I see a ton of uh, you know, non-traditional players and diversity um, on my own team, on other teams we play, right? A lot of the kids that I coach are Hispanic, you know, Asian, um, uh, black, right. You know, I get a lot of, uh, a different mix that you don't typically see on, you know, these private schools or these, you know, rich public schools. Um, and then I also, 
um, get to play, you know, other schools in the area that are also just as diverse, if not more diverse than our team. And it's really great to see those kids getting an opportunity to pick up a sport. Um, and, you know, whether or not they get to play in college or get a scholarship or whatnot, at least they get to feel included and like they're part of something that's bigger than themselves. And I think that that's the most important thing at the end of the day. So, yeah, no, I think it's important too, for people to understand that all experiences that we have whether we look on them fondly or we, you know, frown on them, all of those experiences are crucial to understand, to be able to put forward a better understanding for those around us and a better image. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to say, Oh, you know, this event or this event or this event or this event had a great impact here, here, here. But when we look at them all together collectively, that's the overall journey that we have to teach the next generation. Um, we can't just teach the good, you know, they have to know that there's bad out there. They have to know that bad things happen. And here's why we can't go back on that. Um, right. They need to be able to look for it. You know, they need to be able to recognize when that situation arises and they need to know how to handle it because if they don't, then we're not doing our job as coaches and teachers and um, as adults and, you know, people who are trying to make a positive impact in the sport. So, uh, you know, I think if anything you, that you need to take away from this conversation, it's that, you know, we're finally starting to like put some of the pieces in place, but we can always be doing more. Um, and, you know, I think on an individual basis, you kind of just need to step back and be like, okay, what am I doing to make sure that everyone here uh, feels included? What am I doing to support, um, you know, more diverse programs and um, give others opportunities that, you know, they might not have had 10 years ago, 20 years ago, right? So, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have any more closing remarks, but I definitely think that this is a, an important topic that we will continue to cover throughout, you know, the history of this podcast. And, um, it's something that we need to continue to advocate for. Yeah, Garrett, take it away first. I definitely agree with um, I definitely agree with everything you guys said. Just be, even from from being a a black or a black African American um player all throughout my life, obviously, but um even supporting other programs that are playing the same game that we are, other other HBCUs, um other diverse programs like cameras. I would say um, when I coached uh, in high school for. Uh, for Urban Prep, that Cameron's team was probably the most diverse team I've seen um, in the city, which is hilarious. In the city of Chicago, it's just like that was the that was the one team that was like I can actually that was the most diverse team. And even though yeah we lost, but it was still um, it's always good to see someone that looks like you on the field. And that's why I wanted to coach too, is because you know representation does matter in this sport. Is a person that's younger and a minority or a, of a different race or a different gender, what are they going to look towards to see um, in a sport that they want to play? They're not going to look at, well, they're, they're not going to look as closely as someone that doesn't look like them. They're going to look for someone that they can resonate with, that they can relate to in some way. Um, and being that was kind of like my role for that. And it, like Cam pointed out, um, it really wasn't um, my point to be, but it's kind of, it just kind of is. And I think that's another good thing, too, is like if you're in the sport, think about the person that may be coming behind you um, and then just just play the sport. That doesn't mean to put up with, you know, anything that's happening. Call it out. Um, the point of it is so you're playing the sport to have fun, to enjoy yourself. If you're not enjoying yourself, one, call it out, have people help you to change it. But then two, you're changing it for the next generation. So we're I do agree with Cameron and being that um, you two talk that we're making. We're making great steps. Um, there are stuff that does knock us, you know, knocks us down, knocks us back. But the point that I'm trying to make is around it is the things that do knock us back, 
there's everyone's quick to address it. It's not as much of a sweeping under the rug as it used to be. Oh, oh, that doesn't happen as much as it does. No, it's very much addressed and it's taken very seriously now. And that's one thing that I, uh, I've, I, I do take comfort in. It's like, okay, well now people that even don't look like me have my back in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. go ahead, talk you up. No, I was thoughts? just, gonna, I was going to say, I agree. It, it takes, it takes the army of lacrosse lovers to stand up for each other to to truly make progress it, you, no one can turn the other cheek and say oh i'm gonna i'm gonna forget that i just saw that happen you can't you, it, you to be someone who's truly growth promoting in this game you need to be willing to put a stop to things happening around you and be willing to step in and be willing to say this is wrong um bad things happen when people don't call out action mm-hmm. uh, you can't you know when this this in this fragile state of the game we're in right now if we want to see positive growth and diversity and just overall growth of the game, we as members of the lacrosse community have to be willing to call these things out. We have to be willing to call them out. We have to be willing to educate them. I think like right now up on this shelf, I have a, a Haudenosaunee national helmet up here and showing some of my players who came in, this is my buddy Delaney's helmet, but showing some of my players came in, they had absolutely no idea who the Haudenosaunee were or are and who the Iroquois are. Um, and that alone was like, Wow, we yeah. need a cross history lesson if if not all kids understand that right now. But it's the same thing. We need to be able to educate and be willing to stand up to injustices that we see. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 2023 now, and we want to think that things are continuing to progress. But I mean, even just last year, right? We had that um was it the the women's team from Delaware State University is an all-black team getting pulled over and and having their whole bus searched, yeah, um, you know, there, unethical, there are, there are right? multiple of and, those, but like, sorry, no, not yeah, enough, no, no, that's just, no, you're, happens, that's though. just, yeah, that's just one that was publicized and that we heard yeah. about, but we don't hear about all the other things that happen, which is even worse, right? Um, and it's also, you know, maybe in that situation, not necessarily the lacrosse community's fault that that happened, but you know, having the lacrosse name stamped on that situation, you know, didn't make me feel proud to be. Uh, you know, a, a lacrosse player seeing that these women are being, you know, berated for just trying to, um, you know, play the sport that they love or that they're, uh, you know, trying to to have some success in and, and share um, those relationships with others. So, you know, will we ever get to a point where there's um, true diversity and inclusion and equity and equality and things like that? Right. I, I don't know, but I know that you know, there needs to be more people that are giving it their all to make that happen. Um, and I think that, you know, that's what we can do with this podcast and by supporting other, other teams and programs and highlighting good things in the community and helping to call out the things that need to be changed. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely not a, it's not an overnight change. Um, no one's saying it's an overnight change. We're not trying to like sugarcoat it. Um, you know, things go deeper in, for lacrosse and inclusion, just more than, you know, than race. If there's there's economic uh, hardships or um, economic boundaries for the sport, we're in, it's an expensive sport. Let's just be serious about it. And a lot of less fortunate people can't afford that, but it's still important that the ones that, okay, if you want to try this sport, let's, let's make, let's give you something that you can, you can at least just try. If you like it, stick with it. Let's keep going with it. If you don't, hey, at least you try. We're not just going to box you out and say, oh, you're too poor to play. Oh, you look like this, you can't play. Oh, you're of this race, you can't play. Or this gender, you can't. We're not going to exclude people. I think that's the, 
the strides they were making are bad. I from what I've seen are very um are very well. I mean, you know, we got we got some we still have some ways to go. I'm not saying that, oh yeah, we've made it, but um we're taking positive steps from my own experiences um in the short amount of time that I've played. Totally. Yeah, I mean it um I have to say I'm proud to be a part of something like this and on here with you guys talking about this and talking about, you know, holding the lacrosse community accountable mm-hmm. and trying to be uh, an example and kind of spearhead um, some more of that movement and, and get that progression to, to continue um, within lacrosse. So uh, we definitely need to continue to use our platform um, and, and represent the best we can, like Garrett said. Uh, to shift a little bit, Tucker, I'd like to talk to you about your experience uh, hosting uh, with the PBLA. He's going to make this so uh, quick. I, I know you, you had a little bit of a, a fun opportunity to kind of drop in and, and do some some commentary and things like that. How was that experience for you? Yeah, it was it was cool. We did a, a digital broadcast, uh, myself and, and Nick Soroya, um, a friend of mine and lacrosse commentator for the big 10 network um we jumped on a zoom call did a post digital broadcast i sat in my office for quite a few hours and had a mic and had a camera and had water going just like any broadcaster i had it all set up and we did it digitally um and it was really cool we did the the charlotte bootleggers game um which was it was really fun to watch shout out to the bootleggers getting us every camera angle ever known to man in a very (laughs) version um we went to them and said hey we need some broadcast stuff to be stepped up. And then I saw that stream as I was broadcasting and I was like, I think they heard our call because they sure stepped it up a whole lot. Yeah. Is it safe to yeah. say that we, uh, that we ate our words a little bit from our last podcast? I wouldn't even say that we, we made them better. <laughs> you know, I love the, that. The, the, the thing is what I'm hearing from the inside of the PBOA from some sources is that they're really enjoying this type of constructive criticism and they're really taking it to heart. So I, I love that they're making these changes, making things happen. Um, I don't love the discrepancy from team to team in broadcast ability, funding, everything like that. It really does start to feel like there's a lot of individual franchises operating very differently. The bootleggers, if you guys want to see a great product, check out the Charlotte bootleggers. They play in the Charlotte checkers hockey arena in Bojangles Coliseum, it's a very well-produced product. It's a great team, lots of fans, um, incredible PA announcer in arena. That was like watching an NLL game with the production value of that. So huge that's props. Great. For that. I mean, that's good to see, though. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, and it's, you know, hopefully something that can be the start of some more consistency across the league, you know, like you're, you're kind of talking about, right? So you know, what we wanted to see first was, can they actually produce, can they give us a, a <laughs> entertaining show on the field from all aspects of what goes into uh, creating a great product? Um, and it sounds like they were able to do that. So how do we now uh, get the consistency in place across all the other teams in the league and really, you know, take this to the next level? It sounds yeah. like they've got all the pieces in place um, and it's kind of just in their hands. And we'll definitely be doing our best to document that, uh, you know, as things continue to unfold. So, yeah, um, that's cool. Uh, that's awesome that you got to do that, Tucker. It's it's sweet to see, uh, you know, somebody. Like, round of applause there? Yes. Yeah, sweet to see somebody like that, you know, uh, doing <laughs> some, some good things out there, and, um, you know, being a part of that. So that's that's great. The box game is growing. That's the good news. The box game is growing. And I think it's fair to say it's more positive than not. So that's 
that's, that's the biggest, love to biggest see summary right there. Yeah. Well, I think we're uh, I think we're almost at time today. So you know what? Let's uh, let's all let's all take what we had today, take it into our hearts, and then also just go eat some dinner or something. Because you know, not to like just close off lightly, but we made some good conversations. We're making good strides. We're growing the game. We're doing well. And Tucker, you warm up because I know you got practices tomorrow, and you're all in the cold. So me and Cameron, <laughs> enjoy, me and Cameron, gonna enjoy our, our nice cozy homes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go eat some rotisserie chicken, baby. Let's get it. That, that jewel chicken. All right, we're ending chicken, baby. We're ending on that. We're ending on that. Cam Max rotisserie chicken, folks. This has been another installation of Picking Corners, a Box Lacrosse Channel production. You can check out all of our content on the Box Lacrosse Channel app, along with a whole lot more Box Lacrosse content, including streamed games from multiple teams across the BLL from last season and then more streams coming on there very soon. Hours and hours and hours of box lacrosse content on the box lacrosse channel.